0: So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the HP podcast. I almost forgot what the name of this show was. With me here is Brandon. What's up? And Dave. Hello. And I'm Ben, in case I forgot to mention that. Guys, what's, what's going on? Not a whole lot. It's a beautiful 71 degrees outside, and I can't complain a whole lot. What's that in Celsius? Uh, it's like uh, 49,000. No, it's like 6.
0: Around 71 degrees Fahrenheit.
1: <laughs> okay, <cool. laughs> Dude, Brandon, I don't know if you were in town when it was happening earlier today but there was an insane thunderstorm that rolled through. Yes, dude. And lightning struck within I'm going to say a 10th of a mile of my house twice within like 10 minutes. Oh, it Lord. was terrifying. Yeah, I was at work and I was just praying for the
0: power to go out. Yeah. Um <laughs> I've I've decided, you know, prayers were unheard. Right. Um draw whatever conclusion from that you'd like, but uh <sighs>
1: Yeah, they, w- <laughs> they may have been heard, but they were, on, they were answered with a no.
0: They fell on deaf ears, yeah. yes. Um, but, no, yeah, I was a part of that as well. Um, uh, my
1: power flickered for a while and uh, messed up everything I was doing, of course, naturally, like it Damn. always does. And then a little while later, I'm like, wow, it, it, like it came back on and was fine and never went out again. But it was just like insane winds and lots of rain. And then I heard like... A really super loud pop. Like I thought there was an explosion. I thought like maybe maybe lightning did hit something, but it exploded something. But no, it didn't. It just was that close. Good lord. Yeah, it was. It was insane. Dave, you're looking a little shinier this week. Something's glowing about you. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm off the market.
2: That's uh, wow. So sorry, everyone. So, um, sorry,
1: ladies. You
2: missed your chance.
1: It's about uh, time, but Dave. yeah,
2: I, I finally got my wedding in the books after. Uh, a long time of trying and, and COVID-related delays. So, so yeah, I'm feeling like I, I got a massive weight off my back and, and ready to move on with my damn life.
1: Congrats, man. Yeah, congrats. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks to all of you for listening as well. Uh, thanks especially to our patrons. You can be a patron for as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash phantom you get ad free early access at the $1 level as well at the $3 level I think if you subscribe there you get access to after dark HP after dark a whole month early and actually we're recording another one of those tonight Dustin will be joining us so if you want to hear that early you can check it out if you just want to check out the old episodes first they're available on free feeds as well let's get into it let's talk about somebody else who's familiar with after dark i don't know where i was going with that doctor (laughs) disrespect now i at first i thought maybe this isn't terribly worth talking about because you know it's just it's doctor disrespect but we've talked about the doc a lot here on the show i think all three of us have seen a substantial amount of content from the good doctor and it also has to do with a game development so We'll talk about it. This comes courtesy of pcgamer.com. Says Guy Dr. Disrespect Beam. His name is Guy Beam. For those who didn't know, he's not a real doctor. Is looking to launch his own game development studio according to a job posting listed on his Champions Club website. It's a major, but in some ways unsurprising move considering he used to work at Call of Duty developer Activision as a level designer before deciding to spend his life wearing a wig and sunglasses. Now, we can talk about that for a minute, but I do think it's interesting. and Obviously, he's probably making a ton more money now than he ever did before. I think it's really interesting for a developer to move into the influencer streamer space. Like, I think that's a that's a cool move that kind of makes sense, but I haven't seen it done many times. Like, I haven't seen a lot of other people do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean,
0: I, I certainly see this here and there. Like, PewDiePie has some mobile games that mm-hmm. are out, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure he's wildly successful for that reason. Just because of sheer numbers, but I think it's cool that, you know, he already has a defined audience, you know what I mean? So to see something that would be bigger than a mobile game, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that would even come close to that. Um, Assumedly, it would be some sort of shooter um, based on Doc's past and, you know, just the games he played. And I mean, you know, like I said, the level designer. So... um, Yeah, I mean, I guess it'd be cool to see. He certainly acts as if he knows what he's talking about as
1: far as games go. And I'd like to see what he's got, man. Right, for sure. It it is interesting. So it goes on to, this article goes on to say, uh, right now, quote, right now only a studio head position is listed, presumably as a first step toward outlining the project. But the job description does give some insights into how the studio will supposedly function. Quote, And this is a quote inside the quote. The studio plans to forge a partnership with a select list of mega influencers and then work closely with them to launch their dream gaming title. Those gaming titles will either be incubated or developed or partnered and co-developed with existing indie game developers and launched as mega titles. So not only are there mega titles, but also mega influencers. So I don't know. It's really interesting because we've seen a lot of games come out that are largely successful, solely because of streamers and YouTubers and influencers and stuff like that. But this one seems like it's going to be target, like specifically targeted towards them with their help. And then uh, it almost seems like they're not even going to actually develop the game themselves. They're going to come up with the ideas, put their marketing behind it, and get, it, get somebody else to create it and then utilize it, which, I mean, obviously seems like a great idea as far as resources goes. And, you know, these, Dr. Disrespect alone could fund a lot of them, I'm sure, but the other influencers who may be involved also do. So I don't know, Dave, what kind of game do you want to see from Dr. Disrespect? Doctor Simulator, maybe?
2: A disrespect simulator just just, Dude, just that be.
1: would be
0: amazing um, <laughs> i would play that
2: no i mean the, the article is sort of I, I i can't remember if you alluded to this but the article mentioned that you know they're they're pulling uh streamers and influencers from specific genres and you know mm-hmm. anytime you have people who spent thousands of hours literally thousands of hours playing a game they're probably going to be experts on the subject matter and the genre so Um, you know, if we're talking about like first person shooters and, and RPGs and stuff like that, then, then I think, uh, you know, there could be some intrigue there for, for those sort of genres, uh, coming from these people.
1: I, uh, I said that we haven't seen a lot of people, at least that I know of go from game development to influencer streamer type move, but apparently Valorant was developed by some people who were. Uh, at least partially developed, by people who were pros at CSGO, uh, pro players. Mm. So kind of went the opposite way there, which is kind of what the doc is doing. He went from one to the other to the other again. So, well, I don't think he's leaving streaming by any means, but it's interesting. Oh, you still never got an answer, by the way, on why he got banned from Twitch.
0: Yeah, it's it's been interesting just seeing him actually grow since that point. Um, he's talked some about his struggles with YouTube and how that works Mm -hmm. it's just really interesting to see how he's changed his entire lifestyle and how he progresses through things to continue to thrive in such a different environment than Twitch because I don't know I feel like sometimes at least I know I do I take Twitch for granted and you know I certainly wish I could watch the doc on there but that's not a possibility anymore
1: yeah i find that i always like and this is just my personal preference but when i watch doc i prefer to watch him playing with other people yeah it's not i don't always enjoy it as much when he's by himself i feel like he gets like the banter with other streamers is better than the banter he has with his audience it's just a different thing but that's just my preference i don't know so anyway i look forward to that in about 69 years um (laughs) When uh, when Doctor Disrespect finally gets his Elder Disrespect, uh, Elder Disrespect, (laughs) the retired Doctor Disrespect. Also, I don't know why I pulled out the number sixty nine, but it seems like something Doc would approve of. So, so like moving on. Just hold on, (laughs) I wanna
2: I wanna go there for a second. So Ben, you stream quite regularly, and uh, you seem lately to be streaming a lot more with other people who may or may not be streaming. But generally, like when you're playing Sea of Thieves, you're playing with other people. Do you prefer um, streaming while playing with others or do you prefer sort of playing solo and streaming solo?
1: I think it. I've almost always, not almost always, there was a time when I streamed a lot solo and I don't mind streaming solo. But I feel like games, depends on the game whether it's worth or whether it's better because you're streaming with other people or if you're streaming alone. I also think it depends on the size of your audience. Like, I have a decent enough audience. It's nothing huge by any means, but I have enough people in my chat usually that I can have a conversation with them and not have to just fill dead air talking to myself. Mm -hmm. But when you're playing with someone else, you can talk to someone else as well as your chat. So for me, that's part of it. And then also, specifically, since I've been mostly streaming Sea of Thieves for a long time now, for a couple months, uh, the Sea of Thieves, I think I feel personally is a better game, uh, when you're playing with someone else, especially if you're not a pro at it and I'm pretty good, but I'm not a pro at it, but, uh, it's certainly fun solo and you can do different things that you can't do with, <laughs> with a partner. But so I think it just depends on one, the game and two, your audience. Like if you have enough audience to keep the conversation moving, that you don't have to have someone else to talk to. No. I'm not terribly like I'm silent most of the day if I can help it. Even when there's other people around, they're talking to me. I'm not talking to them. So I, I just I prefer having someone to bounce discussion off of rather than trying to. Oh, now we're gonna we're gonna go over here, and I wonder what we'll see there. How many times can you say that in ten minutes? Um, right in between action actually happening on screen. Right. So yeah. Does that answer your question?
2: Yeah, I was just thinking, because, like, as primarily a viewer, um, I actually much more prefer watching uh, my streamers play solo. Because, like, I I have my favorite streamer. His name is Leopard. He uh, streams Destiny 2 primarily. I've Uh, seen you
1: watching him. Twitch tells me when you're watching him (laughs) what.
2: And when he he streams with another streamer sometimes, and they do raids, Uh, the other streamer is named Datto and when they stream together i can't help but feel disconnected because it's like they're not as engaged with their audience and they both have really big audiences so it's just interesting when you when you mentioned you prefer hearing uh dr disrespect stream with others and um yeah it's uh it's it definitely changes the way you sort of consume but you're right it totally it totally depends on the game and and you know how engaged the audience is and all that kind of stuff Well, are
1: you more are you more of a lurker or a chatter? I'm a
2: lurker, hundred percent. Especially with and the reason why I shy away from the biggest streamer I follow is uh, Co Carnage or Con Carnage. I can't remember how to. Say. Yeah, yeah. And I I don't like to watch him as much because I just feel like his audience is so big. Whereas with Leopard, he's usually like in around the fifteen hundred, which sounds like a lot. But like if I want to jump in the chat, I can, and there's a good chance right. that I'm going to be acknowledged. But anything bigger than that, and it's just like there's, there's not much point in even, you know, even trying to follow along the, with the chat, or if you want to jump in and say something, it's like, there's no chance that co connor or disrespect is going to sort of interact with you. So um, right. I'm definitely more of a lurker, but I do like to sort of have that opportunity to be able to, you know, say something and be acknowledged. So that's why I like, like, I love watching you stream and Dustin and stuff like that, because you know, the, the audience is manageable enough where if I want to come in and say something silly, then, you know, you're probably going to acknowledge me and that just enhances the viewer experience. So,
1: yeah, I try to respond to pretty much every, every interaction in the chat, unless people are interacting directly with each other and not about the stream. Uh, But when it's like, I, okay, let's say, I know I have 20 people watching right now. That's what Twitch tells me now. Maybe some of those are bots or whatever that's possible, but I know I have to, but nobody's saying anything. It's much harder. Like if everybody's just lurking, it's much harder to, to get them talking or to have a conversation with no one who's not talking than it is to have a conversation with someone else. And then I can jump back and forth. Like if chat talks, they take priority for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, yeah, so that's just my, uh, that's my per- perspective as a, as a streamer on it, as a viewer, I'm much more of a lurker myself as well. Yeah. yeah. And so to me, I don't, I guess that's why I don't really care if, uh, If they're talking to me or to the person, I I prefer the entertainment rather than the engagement uh, as a viewer, but as a streamer, I prefer the engagement. So yeah. 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 Uh, Okay. More entertainment talk here. I just always try to use a word that we just recently used to go into the next subject and it doesn't always work. And in this case it didn't. So Take-Two has three unannounced remasters or remakes in development. And this uh, came out a little while earlier this week, uh, maybe even Sunday. This comes from Eurogamer.net. GTA Five parrot company Take-Two Interactive has confirmed it has three unannounced remasters or uh, remakes underway. And of course, Take-Two had a Q1 2020 earnings call recently. And the company said they were working on six new iterations of previously released titles. Six? Yeah, we know that three of those are, we already know three of those. Uh, One of them is the Grand Theft Auto V Expanded and Enhanced uh, version. One of them is the Kerbal Space program for this current gen systems. And then also they're putting out Grand Theft Auto Online by itself. Uh, without needing Grand Theft Auto Five, That's smart. Yeah, but the other three, we don't have any idea what they are. Uh, so I want to ask you guys, what do you want anybody under Take-Two to remake or remaster?
0: Well, I mean, first thoughts are... Uh, Bioshock, right?
1: Bioshock, yes, absolutely. Now, they did remaster the Bioshock series a little while back. Dude, well... I guess that was a remaster for last generation though, right? That's correct. Yeah, they definitely could update it again if yeah. they wanted
0: to. Sure. So they got like LA Noir, right? How cool would that be to get it like, I don't know, I feel like the tech of LA Noir was so good for the time. Yeah. I would love to see them push the limits of keeping that tech and all the information they have but take some of the other things that felt kind of old about it and push it to the next level. Weren't there some rumors about maybe a, some sort of remastered Eleanor? Didn't we talk about that before?
1: I feel like it, uh, but it might have also just been us uh, speculating that it would be yeah. cool. Yeah. I can't remember for sure. I'm trying to see, man. Duke Nukem Advance. So that's <laughs> one thing I, I was trying to figure out the other day if they own the rights to Duke Nukem still or not, because at some point Gearbox was involved and then they weren't and then they were again. And yeah, so I don't actually know how that works, but Ben, do you still have hope for Duke Nukem or do you think it's a relic of its time? I don't think that Duke Nukem can ever be what it once was. And maybe that's okay, frankly. Uh, But I mean, I have the games that are out, and that's enough for me, I guess. So, uh, (laughs) you know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's not a whole lot else that I'm looking here um, through what they've made. I mean, Bioshock would be great, but like you said, I don't really think that's super likely, just if it was redone again. I mean... We know they're working on a new Bioshock game entirely. In general, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Civ4? I mean,
2: uh, Bully has to be one of them, right?
1: That's another one I just don't... I mean, I, yes, everybody f- seems to say that, but I just don't know if you can make a bully game anymore.
2: I think if anybody the has the matter. balls to do it, Rockstar would.
1: That's true. To. You're right.
2: Um, and yeah. they could probably soften it up a little bit here and there. But mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's the one that really makes the most sense just because of the demand and also the age of the game. Like, right. Bioshock yeah. doesn't make a whole lot of sense because we just got... The remastered fairly um you know not too long ago and five or so years yeah and i don't know that <clears throat> it, we seem to see developers and publishers do this in in advance of like the next iteration coming out so we just saw this with mass effect and this wasn't a remake but it was a remaster and uh-huh. that's clearly a strategy to sort of satiate you know audiences thirst for you know the next major step in the series so maybe we could get something like that for Bioshock uh, because, you know, the next one's a little ways off. But to me, Bully seems like the obvious one.
1: Yeah. There's two that come to mind. One of them I want badly, and one of them I'm like, well, this makes sense, but I don't care about it. The one I don't care about as much is Mafia. I never really got into the Mafia games. Uh, I played a little bit of them. I didn't give them enough of a chance to really get into them. But that seems like a huge franchise of theirs that could really benefit from... A remaster, a remake. Didn't they just put out the remake of the first one? Was it the first one, or was it the was it the first? One? It was not that long ago. They just came out with a new remake. Well, I, maybe they listened in in the past. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say because I
0: I have limited experience with the Mafia series, but I mean, I think there's a lot of promise there, and a lot of people like it. I played Mafia Three. Um, it was just too sprawling and all over the
1: place. Oh, it looks for like me, you're right. You're right, Brandon. Uh. The Mafia 2 Definitive Edition came out last year. The is a remaster. Yeah. Uh but I don't Oh, and last year also the original Mafia came out. Yeah. So at this point I think the only thing we're missing is Mafia 3
0: right. which, which was you know. made for last gen. So yeah, right. I don't and it actually didn't do incredibly well. Yeah. Um compared to some of the other ones at least in acclaim. Um
1: Now here's the one I'm actually excited fucking- for. Max yeah, Payne. Ah, dude. Max Payne.
0: Mm-hmm. I've actually seen some recent buzz, like, articles going up of people talking about how good it is. It is good. It's so, so good. yeah, that, that's Max Payne's kind of a blind spot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I watched Dustin play some of the third one back when we were in high school, but that's about the majority of the extent I have there. Yeah. Um, but I would love to d- jump back in. You know, some of the things that you do in that game are just crazy. I'd I'd love to go sliding around with dual
1: pistols. If we're looking at the original Max Payne, we're looking at 20 years. from oh my. Like, 20 years ago now. Max Payne 3 was 2000. Let me see here. Uh, no, that's not right. But. I don't know. It, it, was, it was 10 years or so after yeah, that.
0: But it's been a while. It's been a so, while. So, you yeah. know, Max
1: Payne seems like a safe bet. Bully seems like a safe 2012. bet. 2012. Sorry, it was Max okay. Payne 3. Cool. So that's still like by the time it would come out, uh, a decade. Yeah. So do you no, guys do you th- guys
2: think sorry, do you guys think that the world is ready for Midnight Club to return?
0: <laughs> Dude,
1: I never played Midnight Club. I Dude, I played
0: the shit out of Midnight Club dub edition on my PSP. <laughs> yeah. That was like my most played game on my PSP. Um I would love to see it. I'm always about new car games, and we've talked how much we like Forza. Um, and if you could get like a modded lowrider version of that um, and just slap slap a midnight club sticker on it i would be ecstatic it's been a while i don't even know when the last one came out it's been years at this point ps2 yeah it's been a while i actually completely forgot about that game honestly that'd be a good one yeah so i don't know a lot of things in the pipeline and what was the other thing that we saw just
1: boot back up? Test- uh, latest Midnight Club release was 2009. Wow. Okay. The first one was 2000. We're due. Yeah,
0: I mean, we we just saw Test Drive got a new reboot, so why yeah. not Midnight Club,
1: right? But. Well, in addition to that, Rockstar is, or I'm sorry, Take Two specifically says this is, I don't know, 10 days or so by the time this goes live, goes public, Uh, that they're working on a new franchise and they're going to reveal it later this month, which is, you know, August. So another three weeks or so they have, Hmm. Uh, which could be pretty interesting. I don't know. I mean, Take-Two, anything Take-Two does has got money behind it. Yeah. And the thing I'm wondering, though, because there's this this, uh, discussion right now of like a Marvel XCOM. And I'm wondering if they're going to call that a new franchise. I sure hope not. Because it's, it's XCOM, but it's also not. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Take-Two obviously has a lot of money. They have a lot of developers under them. They have uh, just an insane amount of resources at their disposal. And the IPs, both, man. Like, and the IPs, too, yeah. Absolutely. So I don't know. Uh, it's funny because I always associate, for some reason, I know they're not the same game, at all, but I always associate Alan Wake and Max Payne with each other. Oh yeah, I think it's because I played them around the same time, probably, or at least one of them at the same time as another of the other series. So I always associate them together. But that just makes me think I would love to see Alan Wake remastered. Yeah, that dude, that game, the original game, was just so good. And I know we we got a little a little bit of you know stuff. Intertwined with that universe with control, but there's it wasn't it wasn't um Alan Wake, it wasn't there, it's just not the same. No, so we need it, we need that too. So, all you take two execs listening to the show, um, make that happen for me. All of it, mm-hmm. thank you, Dave. Are you any more hyped for the Steam Deck now than you were before?
2: No. 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 I think this really? Steam Deck is, oh, is sorry, the Steam Deck is for people who buy a three day pass to PAX and then spend the entire time sitting on the floor uh, outside of the <laughs> conference hall. And I'm not one of those people. So um,
0: flexing their
2: Steam Deck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So hey, if, if you're listening and, and you pre-ordered a Steam Deck and you're really interested in getting one, then then great, but uh, just not for me.
1: Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. My particular use case doesn't allow for a lot of mobile gaming. I guess you could say, agree. Uh, not to detract from the conversation, but Dave, are you playing with a stapler? Did I just see a stapler?
2: Yeah, that's. Uh, they just legalized these in Canada, so I got my hands. <laughs> oh like shit, that. dude! Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm uh, fidgety when uh, when I'm just sitting. No,
1: there. me too. How conservative? I if you'd been if it had been anything else that's probably on your desk, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. But I just saw a stapler in your hands, and I'm like, what is what is Dave, happening dude. there? so okay so the reason i bring up steam deck is because pc gamer reports and clarifies maybe that steam deck can stream games for up to eight hours now before we had talked about maybe as little as two maybe as much as eight for the battery life on this thing and one of the examples they use was that portal two could run for about five hours running at 30 fps so that was kind of a, a detractor for me, but now they're saying that if you're if you've got your computer booted up and you're streaming off of your computer, which to me is kind of uh, what's the point? Uh, I don't know why you have a Steam Deck if you're going to stream off your computer. But again, this is not a device probably for me at least at first. That if you're streaming, you probably can get more like eight hours if you're running it natively on the the Steam Deck. Then you're probably going to get you know. Maybe not two, but closer to two, for sure. So what you're saying is new games don't have a chance. Uh, Why do you say that? I don't know. Oh, to
0: play on the Steam Deck Yeah, for any long amount of time whatsoever. I mean, I'm thinking about Portal 2. Yeah. And not to say that it's, you know, a simple game. It's certainly not Minecraft, but I don't know. I just feel like that's a a weird flex. Maybe it's not a flex, but I'm not... I'm not intrigued by a game lasting that long that's very old at 30 frames a second.
1: A lot of the conversation around why people love the idea of the Steam Deck whenever it was first announced was that they were going to be able to play games that they couldn't run on their... Like, they didn't have the money to buy a PC. You know, a beefy PC with, you know, everything. And I'm like, okay, so... To assuage the fears that a lot of people have of it not having much battery life, you tell them all they have to do is stream the game from their PC, which in order to stream it, it has to be able to run it. And I know there's people who will be able to play from across the country and leave their computer on at home. I'm, I get that. I'm not, I'm not like, taking away from that. But most people who are going to buy this are probably going to be playing their games natively. I would assume. I mean, I would think so.
0: I mean, I would hope so. Is there a big market for people wanting to stream their games exclusively? I, I haven't seen that idea around too much. I mean, certainly it's an idea, but I don't think I've heard anyone say that specifically is what they want to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. The latency is what makes me not want to do that, but that's a totally different discussion for a different day. But anyway, I just thought it was interesting that it's been clarified that you'll get more... I mean, it makes sense that you'll get more battery life out of the thing if you're streaming... Is that a full brightness? I don't know.
0: That's what I'm saying. But it is like 720p, (laughs) so I mean... That doesn't concern me as much. No. You know, but like there's a lot of factors in here that I would want to consider if I was buying one. Right. Um, And if I had one pre-ordered and more stuff like this comes out, I I might be a little dissuaded. And maybe that's just because of my personal situation, but I want to be sold but I'm not being sold is is essentially where I'm going with that. You got to build that PC, Brandon. Yeah. I mean, this thing has no place in my mind um, compared to building a PC. So that's kind of an easy decision there.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'm interested because it's new tech and I always love new tech, but I just have a hard time. If I have the opportunity to play games native, like to play games away from my computer, I want to be able to do it for more than a couple hours. Yeah. If I'm at a hotel, you know, don't have anything to do, whatever, I can plug it in and play. That's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. But I just don't feel like that's the primary use for this thing. I mean, I think of airplanes and I think of sitting in the airport and I think of um, not driving but being in the car and playing a game. I just don't really think of, I don't know, I don't think of streaming my gaming PC to my handheld yeah. very yeah. much so. yeah but and at it, least the options there uh, options more options for things are never a bad thing and i'm sure you know whatever the next iteration of this thing afterwards is going to be better but i just feel like while this is a cool thing for some people and some people are going to get a lot of use out of it it just further confirms that it's not for me yeah no and i was just thinking that ben i was like you know i
0: want this to do well yeah because i would love to see the envelope be pushed With mobile like this, Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's at a place where I feel like I'm getting my value for my life with this sort of thing yet. So I want it to be successful because I want other companies to see this and maybe make something better, or even Valve, like you said, to put out the second iteration. But you know, I just don't think for me it's quite there. And
1: Um, Valve has said they plan on continuing to make hardware in the same vein. Yeah. But now that's good news. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Do you guys have any other news you want to discuss? Because it's kind of a light news week. The one thing I'll say is the abandoned trailer was supposed to come out today. It didn't. So that's another, uh, another reason to be excited about that game. But other than that... No, I mean, not a whole lot to report here. Um,
0: I know we've been talking a lot about sales numbers, and I want to congratulate everyone at Capcom. Um, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, 9.8 million copies. Um, so that's that's pretty big.
1: That's huge for
0: a Resident Evil game. Yeah, specifically uh, like any game, but yeah,
1: specifically a Resident Evil.
0: So game. I'm very excited to see how Village fared and will continue to fare as we continue to see it on the market. Right. Um. But no, man. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. And Dave, Monster Hunter Rise, seven point three million. Yeah. So it's did you? That's e- another
2: big. Did you end up playing
1: it?
0: I didn't. Um. I had just come off of downloading world again Mm. and i gave world a good try and realized that i probably should have just bought rise to try something new instead of just scratching that itch early you know what i mean so i just opted out uh, and saved some money but still interested um if it ever goes on sale you know i'm i need to find a reason to play my switch at this point It's,
2: it's a it's a great reason i was actually just thinking about monster hunter rise in the uh in the shower today funny enough (laughs) Um, and one of those showers okay i was thinking about how uh this game like six months whatever it is after its launch has really become kind of sour with the the hardcore monster hunter community especially with the success and how well wings of ruin uh, monster hunter stories 2 was received um but it is a great game like if you played monster hunter world and you just want something a little bit simpler something you can grab and play for you know 30 minutes um it's noticeably easier and you know with the amount of free content that's come out from that game and i played it for 60 70 hours uh pretty solidly after it launched but since then like i have a real good reason to pick it up and and put in another 40 hours because of how much free stuff has come out since launch but Right, it's been interesting the way it's been received, and I think a lot of people, hardcore people in the community, have already gone back to World just because they've you know, oh really, gotten bored of it, and there's there's not much to do aside from grinding talismans and stuff like that.
0: Even with the new content, yeah, it's kind of like focused around around bringing in new people then yeah is, it, I, I, is that what you're saying and that,
2: that the big thing is a lot of people i think just found it too easy which is fine for me because i wasn't all that great at monster hunter world and i usually played solo but uh it's been interesting to see how people sort of um uh have been unhappy with it. And again this is the hardcore audience i mean the guys right, right, people right. like you and me have a great time with it but yeah if it goes on sale it eventually will then it's it's definitely worth checking out especially if you're looking for a reason to play the switch that's one of my favorite games of this year hands down
0: yeah no that's just good news for me because capcom resident evil love the series love to see the good numbers monster hunter would love to see another world man seriously if rise is doing that well i could see in the next couple of years another iteration of world coming out and i would bite on day one for that for sure yeah for sure for sure
2: uh going sorry going back to resident evil for a second are we are we pretty convinced at this point that the the resident evil uh seven resident evil village formula is sort of what we're gonna have for the next you know few entries in the series? the first person nice mix of survival horror like true horror and a little bit of action
0: yeah i think that with the rise of video games the rise of first person has been exponential and i feel like that familiar format helps lend itself to people that are new to the franchise um and it's clearly worked i mean the numbers are in and i'm gonna be honest i i have the majority of my experience with the first person games Uh, and jumping back into three as you know as someone who only has that experience it might be blasphemous but it felt a little weird being in third person Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think I liked it as much Um, but you know that's because of my unique experience but no I just think it's it's hidden the games are hidden and the numbers are talking so i don't know why they would change it up at this point i could see them continuing to do remakes like they've done you know what i mean you get something old that's still in the the same format keep it true you know uh you know give the fans what they want of the old and then bring the new so that's what they have been doing and it's been working
1: fabulously apparently i feel like i'm so far behind on resident evil at this point yeah. I just want to play them but I just every time I go to play them I'm like I could I could play this later. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. Has anybody been playing anything besides Back for Blood? We'll get to that in a minute. I have a, a we'll we'll do that. But Dave, you've been playing Marriage Simulator. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Not simulator, the real thing.
1: The real Uh, thing. That's right. The real deal.
2: Predictably, I haven't uh, had a whole lot of time, but uh, I said I was going to bring my Switch to the wedding in the hotel, and and I I managed to get quite a bit of time into Children of Morta on Switch. uh, And yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. You
1: actually did that? Yeah. Wow. Impressive. I
2: had downtime. Uh, absolute legend <laughs> yeah, i needed i needed to, to collect myself and and calm yes. calm the hell down and uh right nothing does that better than 11-bit studios who i believe is announcing a new game uh in two days uh i did see that 11 okay 11-bit 11 yeah. Studios. so that's children's remora and they did uh moonlighter i can't remember what uh-huh. else they did but uh yeah it looks like they're going a little bit um Their budget is clearly getting bigger, so I'm excited to see what they announce uh, because that's that's a really, really talented studio. Did you play Moonlighter? I did. I did not like it. I actually got it free from Evolve PR uh, because I tweeted at them. They had like a tweet at us and we'll send you a free copy of the game if you're selected. Um, Yeah, I really didn't like Moonlighter. There was something just like muddy and sticky about the movement in that game. And I know you're supposed to be playing as like a guy who's really just a shot clerk. Um, right. But it, I just didn't find it enjoyable. So in Children of Mordor, you move a lot quicker and you have a whole lot more combat skills to choose from. So it felt yeah. a lot better. So, yeah.
0: That's kind of like the game that has the family
1: aspect, yes. correct? Yeah. Lovely. Yep. Yep. It's cool. I, I thought Children of Mordor was, was a really cool game. Uh, I know, I mean, Dave reviewed it back a while back when it came out and uh, I put a good bit of time into it around that period as well and it's like it's so charming but at the same time I would play it and I I mean I played a lot of it but I would play it for a while and then be like all right I'm totally over this game I never want to play it again and then not like I didn't like it just like I was over it and then like a couple days later I was like man i could go for some children of morta right now i don't know what it is about it but it's got a it's it's got that quality that makes me want to come back to it so yeah it's uh good. it's a
2: rogue light and it you know mm-hmm. any good rogue light gives you that one more run sense right and you know yeah. when they only take 20 30 minutes it's like it's so easy to just say okay i'm just gonna squeeze one more in even if i don't beat the the, the dungeon then you know i'm gonna collect a bunch of stuff or level up and it just it feels good, and I they, they struck a really good balance with that game. So, yeah,
1: nice. It's awesome, Brandon. What about you? What have you been playing besides Back for Blood? Ah, uh, mostly just Apex. Um,
0: enjoying the new season a ton. Um, I haven't got to try out the new legend, but I've played many matches with people who have. Um, very interesting how they continue to develop that series. Uh, if you've listened, if you've listened to the show, you know that I have. A lot of experience with Call of Duty and it's been really cool coming back into this community that's kind of been incubating for months and months and months and months since I've last played um, and to to just see how a studio can do it right um, and support their game and be an active component in their game Um, so that's been really cool um, just checking out the new legend Um, there's been some changes to the maps and they have arena mode now and ranked Um, So that's kind of cool. I'm looking to check that out. It reminds me somewhat of Valorant. Um, You know, you kind of buy your weapon at the beginning and then it's, you know, more of an arena style, less of a VR. Not much to talk about that, but just find it really cool uh, to just try something new uh, with the current stale economy of first person shooters. um, And to just be happy to play something that works well. Um, But that's about it, really. Um, I'm going to continue to keep my eye on this game because I think with the, with the trajectory that we're seeing of Apex right now, um, I think it's at a really good spot to continue to grow. Um, and I know it has over the past month, even. Yeah. Um, a lot of big streamers have completely fell off of Call of Duty. A hundred percent. Um, I don't think Nick Merck's one of the biggest, most subscribed to, tw- uh, Twitch users out there, um, has played Warzone, uh, which was... The majority of what he played uh in a couple weeks now so i'm interested to see how this breathes life into this game that wasn't dead um and just continues to push the envelope of what these games can provide uh to us so
1: now brandon whenever apex came out you and i started playing it together like daily yeah we, we played it every day for months 100%. until like your work schedule changed or something like that yeah And I felt like, you know, we weren't the best players, but I felt like we got pretty good. And at the time, I was playing on console. So last week after the show, you told me I needed to play it with you. So I hopped on, booted it up, played a few games on PC. We did win one. But one, I was amazed at how hard it was to relearn on going from only ever having, like I played it on console. I don't know how hard it would have been to get back into on console, but I went from controller to playing it on mouse and keyboard, and I was like. Why are there so many buttons here? Yeah. You know, yeah, uh this game used to be simple. And the other thing is just how much the game has changed and evolved was really, uh really interesting. But I felt like we held our own, yeah, we dude. We freaking won a match, man, right off the bat. That's great. I That's think I told, did I tell the story last week that I won my first game ever of Apex? <laughs> and you didn't, I think you mentioned it? that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i but, just like didn't i was like what just happened I didn't, yeah <laughs> yeah but no i definitely could understand the sea legs um
0: yeah. i had sea legs coming from controller to controller <laughs> so yeah. i could not imagine having that many more buttons and being able to uh perform efficiently so you know kudos the, to you for you know clutching the, that win with me that's like ben is like
2: that that person who walks into the casino and they they uh-huh. pull the slot machine and they hit the jackpot like instantly yeah. and they're just like is that good
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know still if that, because I wasn't even like cognizant enough of what was happening to realize it It was the day it dropped right after the Super Bowl uh, that year. And I booted it up and hopped in with two other randos and went in and we played and won. And I was like, did I just play against a bunch of bots or real people? But then like they said that. There weren't bots in it at that point. Yeah. So, I don't know. Either yeah. way, I'm, I'm sure I didn't actually perform well. It was just yeah. that it was everybody's first game. You're like, is this uh, <laughs> it? Should I feel happy? Right. <laughs> is, is this the end? Is this it, joy? Is this the goal? <laughs> yeah. It was a little anticlimactic. Yeah. But, uh, we might play something tonight, Brandon. I'm, I'm thinking about hopping yeah, in that with, Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. I'm seriously really enjoying it. Here's um, the thing I'm not enjoying about it. What's that? On PS4,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I had unlocked a bunch of characters. Oh. I know and what you're gonna say. Even though there's crossplay, there's no pro- cross progression. So I'm now starting with the four base characters. Yeah. That, uh, And I had so many skins and everything. And I, yeah. I think the only money I spent was like on the battle pass, uh, on PS4. But I'm not. I'm like at the point where I'm like I'm not even willing to do that. Yeah. Just out of principle. Yeah. I think there's a lot of value there. Honestly, I've already started.
0: I've been playing a lot, but right. I've already started to collect some of the premium currency, so I could already see the the forward chug towards my next legend. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just really good. Yeah. It feels good to have a game that's so tight mechanically. Respawn
1: just understands movement too.
0: They do. There is not a game out there that's a first-person shooter. Um, no matter how fast, how many times you slide cancel on your controller, or your keyboard in yeah. Warzone or Call of Duty uh the movement is tight. Yes. Um so just really enjoying that. That's honestly about it. I've been playing the shit out of that. Yeah. Um but yeah, what about you?
1: For me it's pretty much been I played that little bit of Apex with you last week. Uh I play I've been playing Sea of Thieves, of course. Of course. And that's just that's like my main Hey that's great. And then the next thing is this past weekend was the first part of the Back for Blood beta. Uh, for those who don't know, Back for Blood is kind of the spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead. Uh, it was It's made by the same people who made Left 4 Dead, Turtle, um, not Turtle Beach, Turtle Rock. Turtle Rock. Now, it's kind of an interesting story because Turtle Rock made Left 4 Dead, and then Valve bought Turtle Rock. Then Valve technically made Left 4 Dead 2, and then Turtle Rock became its own studio again. A few years ago, just a weird well, origin. Maybe like ten years ago now. So, Dave, you did not play the beta. Brandon and I both did, and so I'm kind of putting Dave on the spot here. But I'm going to have Dave ask. He played Left for Dead, but he hasn't played Back for Blood because he was getting busy getting married and playing Children of Morta. So I'm going to have him <laughs> ask us uh, maybe a couple questions about the game, as if you have no idea. what it, Like whatever you know about it is fine. You can ask us questions from there. Yes. Uh,
2: so first question. Is it good? Just kidding. You don't, don't answer that. Um, <laughs> Where to start? Does it feel old? Does
1: it uh, feel old?
2: No, because it's it's based on uh, an, an older formula. I don't want to say like straight up like old, but right. like if you jumped into Halo today, like first person shooters have evolved quite a bit. So I'm just curious. Like, is it? Does it feel? in your initial hours um, too close to the source material or, or what it's kind of based on? Or does it feel like it's it's true to the older experience, but it's evolved somewhat?
1: I think there's a couple things. One, it may very well feel old or, or like the other games, but we haven't had many games like it. And it's been so long since I've played Left 4 Dead that... It felt fresh. Now that's not to say I liked everything about it by any means. But it felt fresh and not like that formula like four player co op story mode is not done a lot. Yeah, it's not that often. It's not that often. Yeah. So I feel like just that fact alone made it feel like some like it was a new experience to some extent. But I don't think it feels like old as in like old mechanics or gameplay. No, yeah. I um
0: It's really hard because, as I said, I've been playing games like Apex. So I feel like it does fall short of that slightly because that's the whole game. Right. And it's hard to come from that to go to back for blood. I would say the shooting mechanics in general are like somewhere slightly above a Fallout 4 for me. Um, I don't know if you have any frame of reference as far as that goes, uh, the first person shooting. But I would say it doesn't feel old whatsoever I think that a couple of the style choices for the way the game plays out is a little bit interesting for me Um, I don't know if you know much about it Dave but there's a a whole system of cards that you deal with you have to like build decks to help you through different scenarios Um, I find that to be slightly off-putting and a weird choice but the more I played it I kind of got used to it I'd like to see how they continue to develop that um especially in a game like that i mean as far as new ideas go do we have many games that have a skill based deck system associated with it not off the top of my head that i can think of um but no i wouldn't say it feels old it definitely feels i don't want to say it doesn't feel new because i've been playing a lot of ps5 games and games that have been optimized for ps5 but uh, it, it it was the beta, I guess, too. But <laughs> I'm just kind of backpedaling here. But, you know, it was a lot of fun. But no, I wouldn't say that it feels old. No. Do you guys
2: see it taking up a lot of your gaming time this fall? Or is it just going to be kind of the the apex thing where, you know, you jump in and you play quite a bit for a week and then you jump out and move on to something else?
0: Yeah, I think that will, unfortunately, in the current climate of games, will be directly dependent on how content is divvied up um i think that they realize putting out a new game that it's uh, there's a there's a large variety of players and you know you want to try and please them all but a lot of people want content that is for 20 30 hours after the main story and so i'm going to be interested to see how they continue to implement that because that will entice me to continue to play it further than just i beat the story a couple times i want to play with my friends you know, that extra end game stuff is what typically ends up bringing me back for playing more than 40, 50 hours. So I think that would be interesting to see what they add there.
1: I think for me, it probably won't take up a ton of my time. But part of that's dependent upon who do I have friend-wise that wants to play? Because this game for me would not be a game I'd play solo. Yeah. Like with bots or whatever, which, by the way, are terrible. Mm-hmm they're very bad. Yeah. Uh, The other thing is, I don't know that like, let's say I'm just making up, let's say it's you, Dave, Brandon, and Dustin, for instance, playing the four of us are playing. And we go through and we beat the story. Well, maybe I want to play it again on a different difficulty or try different like challenges or, or whatever, or maybe they roll out some new content. But like, unless there's somebody new that enters the fold, I'm probably not gonna go back and play that over and over and over again, right? So I'd say it's dependent upon, like Brandon said, if they put out new content and stuff like that, but it's partially dependent upon who I'm playing with. And if I have anybody to play with, you know, I play at weird times of the night sometimes. So that's part of it too. Uh, There is a multiplayer mode, a versus mode, but it's not campaign versus like we saw in Left 4 Dead, which I know has some people upset. Basically one mode is zombies... And the other mode is the cleaners or whatever. They actually, you know, the people, the real people. And that is a mode that I did not like. The, the first match I started, I did not like it at all. And by the end of that match, I was like, whoa, this is this is pretty fun now that I understand it. So I think maybe there's some benefit to that. And there's some additional uh, playtime there for me. But that's not the, I'm not there for versus. I'm, I'm at, you know, well, left for dead, but I'm at back for blood for the campaign, the the zombie killing action, I guess.
2: Excellent. Cool. Yeah. I uh, I have concluded my line of questions.
1: All right. Cool. Yeah, overall, I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be made more accessible, which therefore might mean some more life into it. Like I said about, you know, new people wanting to play or whatever, because it's going to be on Game Pass Day 1 which is a huge get for them.
0: Yeah, that'll help out a lot with the matchmaking and stuff.
1: Absolutely. Did you but, play with um, randoms at all? I didn't play with any random people. Hmm. Uh, on one match, I played with one bot, and on another match, I played with uh, two bots part of the time and one bot the rest of the time. But most of the time I was playing it, I had a full team. Cool. But I didn't play with anybody who wasn't who I didn't know or wasn't a computer. Right. Hmm. Unless they named their user bot or <laughs> their, their character bot. So possible they actually say like bot, character name you know whatever so for me it's um it's a game i'm going to play because i have access to it for free and i know it's going to be fun with friends i don't know if it's a game that's going to carry me through the next 10 years like left for dead is done for a lot of people you know
2: yeah so
1: all right boys i think that's about it i mean we've we've tapped out all the news we've uh we've talked about games dave hasn't played um like back for blood and uh, we we ragged on, or we we praised Apex for a little while. I yeah. mean that's pretty much the whole show. Sounds great. So for the rest of the three hours, I have you guys here. We're going to talk about <laughs> Sea of Thieves lore. <laughs> Thank and- <laughs> God, finally some the meat of the show. The meat of, waiting of the show happening. is happening. Yes. Can
2: I ask you a right, question? Anybody?
0: Hold on, hold on. Oh please, hold
2: yeah. on. Um, it's this is a very broad question. It's pretty general, but uh, it's a slow news week. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's the calm before the storm we're okay. approaching the middle of august we know as soon as september hits again this is going to be slightly lighter than previous years but we're about to get into the 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 granddaddy of video game seasons with september through to november into christmas so yeah one game coming out in the next 4 months you're most anticipating go ben you first
1: there aren't a lot of games i'm anticipating but there are two that I will call out. OK. And for different reasons. And I'll pick one at the end here. One of them is Deathloop. Because I really like anything to do with time mechanics. And for that reason alone, I'm into Deathloop. Now, I've kind of gone blackout on it. I've already decided I'm going to play it. I'm not sure if I'm going to need to uh, if I need to keep up with it and watching new trailers and stuff. But I think it's going to be fun. I love time mechanics. I love hokey time travel movies. I love, you know, if it deals with time manipulation, I'm there. But I think the game I'm actually most anticipating is going to be Halo Infinite. Ooh, Because it's Halo. And I have to play a new Halo game. So let's hope it comes out this year. I'm pretty sure it's going to. But that's probably my actual most anticipated. And really, the reason is because it's a new Halo game. Excellent. Yeah.
0: Brandon? 2042. Yep. Oh, there we go. Without hesitation. Yeah. Um, I've been itching to play a Battlefield game since 4. Yeah. Um, that has been similar to 4, um, and I haven't gotten anything since. Um, everything I've seen about this game piques my interest, uh, and I don't think there's a whole lot more to say about it. I mean, we've only seen a little bit, um, m- more than some other games, certainly, but yeah i just i just think they're gonna do it right they got something to prove this year yeah i think um i really really think they do uh and uh yeah i'd love it i'd love to see it up there this year um as far as concurrent players with all the other ones so
1: sure
2: what about you dave uh yeah i was gonna say battlefields um but right along Side that, and I think I'll actually be playing this for a lot longer than I than I will be. Battlefield is uh, Forza Horizon. Um, oh, nice, yeah. It yeah. just it looks so good, and I know it's not doing a whole lot to reinvent the franchise, but it really doesn't need to. They're just such quality games, and all they have to do is put a couple new cars in front of you and that brand new setting, which is really the the main character of those games, is the setting, and, and you know what they're doing right. with Mexico and all these varied biomes and stuff like that. It's just uh, you know, it's it's something I'm really really looking forward to. So got to say Forza. Um, yeah,
1: and that's it's going to be here soon. They all are. Lovely. Yep. Yeah, dude. Sounds good. Good question, Dave. I appreciate that. Thanks. All right, now we're going to wrap it up. There's a truck rolling by outside. Yeah. It's very loud. I think people just cut their mufflers off to be cool. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the HP Podcast. We appreciate you. We especially appreciate our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome Again, sign up for as little as a dollar a month to be a part of our favorite people. You can also join the Discord, which of course all of them are our favorite people too. Go over to handsomephantom.com slash Discord. Be ushered into the presence of the, the boys. All right. Until next time. Bye. The HP Podcast and HandsomePhantom.com are supported by our proud patrons over at Patreon. If you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash handsomephantom. The following members are producers of the show and are at the $5 level. Adaholic, PassivePixels Edwin Castillo, Fusebro, Boots, AliC83, Poot, Jared, Felix Check, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Stewie108, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja. Josh DeBerry, Michael J. Sutherland, Jared Cavaliero, and Jason Canham.